Hey guys, good evening. Thanks for coming tonight. Um, we are continuing on in Matthew chapter 6 this evening. We finished up Matthew chapter 5. Um, we've been working through the life of Jesus uh, slowly, and we've been camping out in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, which is a good place to start the year, to end the year, um, really anytime. It's a good time to study this. Um, I've looked at it totally differently in this last couple months than I've ever looked at it before because we went through it so thoroughly. Um, so we're starting in Matthew chapter 6, and this is verse 1, if you have your Bibles, and I'm going to read through a, two little sections of this. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory for men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father in heaven, who sees in secret, will himself reward you openly. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand praying in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, Pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as heathens do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need before you ask him. And then skip, skipping down just briefly to 16 on fasting. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to be fasting, but to your Father who is in, secret, in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So remind us of the crowd that Jesus is speaking to here. Who, who is hearing this in this setting? Everybody. Uh, you, you've got scribes and Pharisees there. Uh, you've got, uh, and, and this is a lost crowd he's talking to. Um, it's not to say that there's not some that you would say are saved, quote unquote, like the Old Testament saints were. Old Testament saints were saved by looking forward to the cross. New Testament saints are saved by looking back to the cross and believing what Christ either has or will do. And so um, I, I was, as you were reading that, I was thinking how uncomfortable it would have to be for those scribes and Pharisees and, and for the people that know exactly what Jesus is talking about. And we've talked about this before. Up to this point, they're like, yeah, that, that's how you do it. You know, it, these guys are the men. So, know? and by saying that, you mean the scribes and the Pharisees. Yeah. So in this crowd, you've they're probably got... Ones. You've got rabbis in the crowd. You've got people that are, quote, good Jewish followers, right. right? So how at this time would you describe what the scribes and the Pharisees, like the teachers of religion of the day, how did they act? Would they be like that, obviously? Like at it, some point. It, it was an absolute show. It, all it outward. All outward. Dog and pony shows, what I was thinking. Yeah. The, the frontlets, the, yeah. the, the outfit, praying in public using probably $20 words, you know, just on and on. Uh, you, you, there's a term for it. Uh, it was overdone, you know, overacting. Mm -hmm. It was just overdone, everything that they did. But, again, it's all they knew. 
And, and so for the crowd that weren't scribes and Pharisees, they're thinking, yeah, man, I wish I could be like that guy, you know. Um, so Or thinking, I'll never make it to God. Right? I'll never have yeah. relations with yeah. God. Yeah, look how spiritual they look. I can't, I can't yeah. be like it's that. It's all they do. Yeah. It's all they do. So here Jesus is speaking to their spiritual life. Um, he's talking about three very important things to them, which would have been giving, prayer, and fasting. That would have been very, that was major aspects of their spiritual you were life. spiritual, you did those three right. things. Right, and you probably did it, you know, really, like you said, overdone. But looking back in the Old Testament, that's not probably how it always was. I mean, would you say that this is always how the Jewish people acted, or had this, like, the law changed right. to something God didn't mean it to be? So remember, we got 400 years of silence. And in those 400 years is when the rabbis stepped in and they had all, added all of this stuff, if you will. So, so no, I, I don't believe in the uh, Old Testament times that you had this over-exaggeration of these things because they had a sure word of prophecy at that time, and, and I think they would have called them out on it. You well, know. and they didn't have to over-exaggerate if they could actually call fire from heaven. No mm -hmm. doubt. God showed himself in those no times. And, and think about it. Um, there was no new revelation in 400 years. And so if mom and dad wasn't doing their job and teaching the five books of the, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and such, these, these kids are growing up not knowing and so the rabbis are doing all of their uh, revision. And so for, after 400 years, like, yep, that, that's, that's right there. That's, that's how you do it, you know. And correct me if I'm wrong, those first five books, those are also called the Torah. Is that Pentateuch? Pentateuch. Pentateuch. Okay. The Torah is actually... The it, whole well, Testament. I, okay. I'm not going to say what the Torah is simply because I may be inaccurate. The, the Torah, uh, I'd have to research that. But the, the first five books of the Bible is called the Law mm -hmm. slash the Pentateuch, which okay. means five. So the Jews had it right at some point, and it's safe to say at this point in time they had it wrong. So Jesus is saying, uh, don't give like this, don't right. pray like this, don't fast like this, right. um, which makes sense at that time because they had it wrong, um, and it wasn't honoring God. So how does that apply to us today? Um, here we are in America, Christians in modern-day America. What, what is this teaching us now? First, uh, just to add to, to put a little bit more uh, foundation there, Jesus is assuming that these three things go on. He's not saying when or if. He, said, he doesn't say if. He says when, when you pray, when you give, when you fast. So it's, it's presumed that that will be part of your Worship to God and, and your fellow men. He gave with no gray men. area that. No, he says when. Yeah, so that puts a perspective on American. I mean, I can't remember the last time I fasted. So put some spotlight <laughs> on it. You can tell. I'm, well, I'm we're going to soft pedal that tonight. <laughs> we're going to concentrate on giving and. It is, you know, it is January, <laughs> time for new resolutions. Maybe we <laughs> can add that to truth. things we won't do this year. Uh, but, but yes, and Jesus just demonstrated it too in the wilderness. He. he fasted in private he prayed in private uh, of course we don't know that he gave anything in private but when he, when he was in the wilderness he was demonstrating these things as well absolutely so I, and i think it's important that in america it's not so much the emphasis would not be on the scribes and pharisees approach because our worship uh, traditions do not include 
those things the way they did them in the Old Testament. But what Gavin just said, I think, is, is what should be applied to America, and that is, are we praying? Are we giving? Are we fasting? Now, for those that fasting is a, a biological, I won't say impossibility, but improbability, there's other things than fasting from food. Mm -hmm. you, you can fast from your hobbies. You can fast from music. Mm -hmm. uh, you can fast from all oh, gosh. sorts of things. Devices, social media. No I mean, my gosh. I, can you imagine if we just turned off everything with the screen right. for just a week, how different right. our, that, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, our spiritual nice. life would be? <laughs> I, and let me, let me say this. Let me be quick to say this. I, I'm not saying that that's not that that's necessarily what the Bible is quote-unquote teaching because I, I believe that it is accurate to say that when the Bible's talking about fasting, it's talking about food, okay? And I do believe that folks that can healthily fast, they should. When I had that moment and every time I fasted, which was not on a regular occasion, but uh, I did fast, it was always a very spiritual thing and it was a healthy thing. Uh, Doctors encourage healthy people to fast once a week. You know, it, that's what I've heard anyway, and I I've have read heard, it. I, I've yeah. heard a lot about that on the health front. Now, that has nothing to do with anything spiritual. But no, th but no, there it's is strictly a health benefit. quite a bit of evidence about the fasting. Now, right. I, every, nobody agrees on the amount of time, right, nobody right, right, agrees on right. when and the what. I've but even heard it's good for animals. If you fasting? Heard, yeah. I tell my wife that all the time. We gotta buy another bag of dog food. <laughs> <laughs> he needs Can't go dig up a mole. <laughs> well, and I was wondering. It's it's kind of funny, but it's kind of not. You know, the the Christian life, the Bible mentions things, and then the world attaches their own mantra to it and takes it as their sure. own. But they won't acknowledge us. So it's like we always joke, like the LBGTQ community stole the rainbow. You know, there was a little girl that was just kicked out of school. I read an article because she had a rainbow shirt on. And they thought she was... She was kicked out of a Christian Christian school. school. Right. So I, that's on the flip side. The rainbow's the rainbow. as God's first, you know. Well, so now I, all these keto diets and all that, and now the hot thing is intermittent fasting. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'm like, so they're taking another thing that was established. I fast between 8 a.m. and 12 p.m. <laughs> from 12 p.m. to 5 every day. When I'm sleeping, I'm <laughs> not eating. Intermittent yeah. fasting. You yeah, know. but I was like, you know, that's just another thing. I never thing get up to eat in the middle of the night. No, never. It's a fast. It's a, I fall. And it is strictly called a fast. That's why they call it break fast in the morning. Yeah, that's exactly right. And Sorry. I break fast every morning. <laughs> uh, so the Torah is considered the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, uh, Sister Christina says. Uh, Larry says the uh, majority of biblical scholars believe that the written books were a product of Babylonian captivity uh, based on earlier written sources and oral traditions and that it was completed with final revisions during the post-exilic period. Traditionally, the words of the Torah are written on a scroll by a scribe uh, in Hebrew, a Torah portion is read publicly at least once every three days in the presence of a congregation. Reading the Torah publicly is one of the basis of Jewish communal life. There you go. We've got a very intelligent... I'll say. I was going to say, that sounds like Look a good. Wikipedia definition. No right. I know that was typed out. So then, I mean, do you think if in today looking at the, you know, how you tithe, how you pray, how you fast, if you're, he says essentially don't do this not this this not this this right. so is there a penalty um yes what would you say i mean well, well he says it you've got your reward when you do it to be seen of men you've got your reward and there's not a one of us 
in our heart of hearts that we're, we're not giving financially in our heart of hearts for it just to be seen of men. Oh, amen. We want God to bless it. We're not just praying so that men will think, wow, that guy's spiritual, you know. And we're certainly not fasting just so men would. And, and what I'm, I'm not, what I'm trying to say is, is that that's the insidiousness of the devilish attack, if you will, is that Jesus is saying, watch your motives. Yeah. And so if you allow yourself to publicly exclaim these things, then even though in your heart of hearts you really want God to bless you for these things, you've short-circuited it because oh, yeah. you've also fallen into a little bit of pridefulness. Look, and look, look what I'm giving you. How, and how good does it feel if somebody says, hey, did you hear Tom did this and this? Yeah. And then you catch, that feels good. You can't help that, but it does. It creates that cycle that right. you shouldn't be in. Well, I'm thinking just from an outsider looking in, if you're – if you're not in church and and maybe you're thinking maybe you want to be a part of church and all you're seeing is these people saying these big $20 words like Gavin said and saying these big lofty prayers and this like kind of look at me and then look how much I give and I do all this fasting and if you're boastful about it, you're not doing anything to help your cause for people to want right. to come to church. All right. they see is look at these high, you know. Oh, highfalutin Christian people and all their big words and all their money. They must just, it's all about money for them. I mean, it seems like it would do so much damage right. to Christianity if you conducted and, and yourself that way. Well, and I've absolutely been so much more blessed when I've done something in secret right. that what I feel inside is so much more than if somebody finds out, because there's always something negative that comes with it. You know, with the good praises, there's somebody bashing it, oh, you know, yeah. and it's like, and then it just creates strife and takes away the generosity. I always, uh, well, not always, but I was thinking about the, the, the repeated phrase, the God who sees in secret will reward thee openly. And how much confidence does that give you when you've said or done something in private and you see God respond to that pub publicly? Oh, yeah. um, th there's a lot of confidence that gets built in your relationship with the Lord in that process. And the other thing about this, the, these phrases that are in this, these, this passage, he also says, where your father knows what what things you stand in need of before you ask. Doesn't it seem kind of silly to require us to, to say it? Well, or, right, but, but, but so why is that? So we understand who we're talking to and who we're dealing with. So. Prayer is for us. Prayer, prayer, God doesn't need you to tell him what you need. Right. God wants you to hear yourself say it so that when he provides it, you're like, oh And my only God. he's the one that heard it. Right. Only he's the one yeah, that heard right. me request it. Well, who doesn't have that power, though, is the devil. And I've sure. also heard that you're not only doing it to for God, right. you're doing it so the devil can hear you. Right, amen. You're proclaiming who you belong to. You're proclaiming who you right. put your trust in. If you don't do that, the devil don't know where you stand. He's going to keep attacking you. He's sure. going to run away. Amen. Two right. Old Testament, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're fine. Two, two Old Testament characters came to mind. Hagar, when she was run right. out of her home. She's drunk. And, and uh, no, I got no, that no, confused. No, Hannah, yeah, Hagar, sorry. Uh, so, so she got run out because she got pregnant. Right. And uh, the angel of the Lord went to her and, and said, "He's going to be a great nation. He'll be as a wild donkey in the desert." And just said that God's got a plan for your child too. And she said that He's the God that sees. So she was all alone in the desert, and she declared Him as the God that that sees. Same. God in the Old Testament and the New Testament sees us in, our, in secret and responds to us in secret, meets us in our 
uh, in secret and meets her needs. The other one was Elijah, sorry. I'm with you. Uh, one thing, I've, I've shared this before in, when talking about tithing and such, and th this is something that God has done for me. You know, when you, when you start out, I mean, you start out at an hourly wage and such, your tithe really isn't that big of a deal, you know. Whether you see it that way or not, you know, you might even think that. Well, it's peddling. No, it's not. It's got nothing to do with the amount, okay? With that said, though, when you get into that better job and you get into that more secure situation and all of a sudden, you know, the Lord really starts blessing your finances, worst thing you can do is add up your tithe. <laughs> do not add up your tithe. Just give it because you add up your tithe, the devil goes, that'd you buy, could have a boat. I'd buy a nice car. You yep. could have a boat. Don't you, you want you that new camper? Gun. I mean, and, I and Lord, we could talk while I'm out in that boat on right, that lake. That's right. You could have I a good time. take somebody, a lost person <laughs> with me. You bet. And then uh, while we're at the lake, we can just miss all weekend long at church because right, we're going to be right. going to the lake. So anyway, uh, <laughs> it's so important. And so why would you not? Why would you not add it up? Because it's not yours. And, and, and it's, it's not for you to go, wow, Lord, you know, you, it's, you're blessed to have me on your team, <laughs> you know. No, it's all his, you know. So anyway. All right. So um, end of topic one. So we'll do I'm just saying. Anybody? I'm just oh, saying. Oh, I got one. I got one. I got to get down here, though. Oh, come on. I got one, too. But mine's always dreary and stuff. Oh. It's here. There it is. Also, Brad, if you got it, I'm just saying, we talked about this last week, persecution in the world. And this is, and there's two things here, but uh, Iranian authorities bulldoze the grave of an executed Christian pastor. And uh, so this is a man that was killed in Iran for his Christian beliefs. And you can go to the next slide. Um, let's see, uh, shortly before his execution, uh, wrote to his friends, this is why I wanted to put this. By following the example of the great shepherd of the flock, the Lord Jesus Christ, I am willing to sacrifice my life for my sheep. My escape from these dangers would weaken the flock of God and discourage them. I don't want to be in a bad example to them, so I am ready to go to jail again, and if necessary, even to give my life for them. So this man, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, he was willing to die for his faith. Amen. He wasn't ashamed of the gospel, and he did. He died for his faith, and just to put salt in the wound, his family, they never, Iran never allowed them to mark the grave. They had to kind of go in hiding to go to it. But just a, a week ago, they bulldozed the whole area where his grave was again, you know, just to rub the salt sure. in. So I'm just saying, we talk about all these great things, but this is going on in the world. And oh, we yeah. need to thank God and count our blessings that yeah. we're not being murdered and bulldozed Amen. right now. Amen. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that. In the I know. Topic. Sorry to say right. spoiler alert. That's <laughs> coming up next. Well, my, my, uh, my, I'm just saying, is not anything related to Thank spirituality. Goodness. I'll bring you down. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just saying, out of the last 14 years, the SEC has won 10 national championships. That's what I call dominance, and, la and two nights ago game wasn't really ever close. And so for a fellow who unfortunately finds some of his security and significance from SEC football, I was, it was a good night. And you're talking about the LSU game? Yeah. Did yeah. you see the meme that says, hey, did you see the football game that broke out at the Trump rally? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, good. I this did watch that. This one had a national championship. Yeah. Uh, I had no interest in watching the, NC, you know, the NCAA national championship because, you know, the Huskers will probably never be <laughs> in it again. But they said Lauren Daigle was going to perform the national anthem. Right. She's a Christian artist. So yep. I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to watch this. Yeah. And so um, as it was coming on, there is this lull in activity where – 
it, it you could tell I, I leaned over to my husband I was like somebody messed up because <laughs> you could tell that it was a live feed and it was just kind of showing the stadium from the aerial view and nothing's happening nothing's happening and it's like what is going on like it was because Trump was coming in. And then, yeah. well, I mean, we don't know that. And so then here comes the color guard, and then out walks Trump. And I was like, oh, that makes sense now. They had to get, like, literally everything over the top secure before yeah. he could take the field. But, yeah, it was kind of nice. to The crowd was chanting USA, and that was kind of cool. Yeah, regardless, moment, regardless right? of your politics, to see that many people supporting your country, if you Amen. support the president, I believe you're supporting the country. Oh, and sure in a man. way, it was nice to see it really well. Amen. Amen. Me too. We all know how much I, I love Trump, and, and I, I truly do. But it was so much more important that Joe Burrow showed up that night <laughs> because he was amazing. The quarterback for LSU. Come oh. on, people. I know. I was like, crickets, Joe Burrow. crickets. It's like, is he, is he running for And office? he almost got arrested after the game because him and a few other LSU guys were smoking cigars. Cigars. I did hear. And my kids told me about to that. it's smoke in the arena. They literally, because the policeman said, I did I'm hear not about kidding. that. <laughs> Throw it away. So and they did. I'm just saying, and mine's kind of football related. It's sad. It's really weak. But I, uh, I have been like without a profe I have been without a college team. Let's just face it, the Huskers are terrible. But I've been without a professional team because the Rams left. And then I was like, oh man, I can't cheer are for it. Are you a Chief fan now? So I've been on the hunt for a team, and I thought, could I Could I like the Chiefs? I don't know if I can or not. And so, like, last year I kind of liked them, and then this year, you know, I've just jumped right on the bandwagon. Why not? Well. I was like, well, the water's fine. Come on in. So I guess I'm, I guess I'm Chiefs. I guess yeah. I found a team. If just you want to go get the football experience, go to a Chiefs game. Take, take some food. Go to, you know, eat the lunch or dinner before the game. It's a real football town. I'm just, that's my I'm just saying. See, we were torn because Chase's flag football team, which won the flag football Super Bowl, <laughs> were the Texans. Were the Texans. Texans. Yeah, so we were torn until it's like, all right, they're losing. We'll root for the Chiefs. The Texans uh, we'll did great the there. first yeah. 14 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then after that, it was Mahomes and company. All Pretty right. Let's get, you got all one? Right. I got nothing. Let's talk all about right. Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So this is uh, kind of a tough topic to, to go over. And as I was reading this article, Ben sent us – at times he sent some challenging articles and this was one of them and it's uh the new war against africa's christians um and it is it is essentially just it's full-on persecution and it's ever ever since of the word um so this is about nigeria and i'll just kind of give a little overview of yeah. what's happening the article is, is lengthy um but nigeria is becoming one of the most highly persecuted areas in the world where Christians are being killed, um, churches burned, schools burned. Um, I, I don't know how else to describe it except that they are absolutely under attack. And it says that, and Gavin sent this, and the population of Nigeria is about um, 200 million, and almost half of them are Christians, like 93 million are Christians. Um, and the president is Islamic. And it's really Islamic persecution on these people. And they're being, um, their villages are being, you know, attacked, burned. Um, they'll leave just enough people surviving to flee to the next village to scare them. Um, they're being oppressed with their, um, their livelihoods, with their ability to build churches. Can't go to college if you're a young person. Right. Yeah, and even the people that are there to protect them are not. They'll call for help, and the soldiers or the people that should come and help protect them are just not doing it. 
Um, so it's very, it's, it's radical, and it's things that we can't even understand that's occurring to these people. And I guess my first question is, why don't we hear about this in mainstream America? Like, hundreds of people being killed for their Christianity. Um, there you say, like, it's just on genocide. Why don't we hear about it? I think we've talked about weeks ago, empathy. We don't know what it's truly like to be persecuted for Christ. So we don't truly know the struggle we're going through. And if you don't put yourself in their shoes, you can't relate to them. So a lot of times I think we just, it's inconvenient for us to, because then we might be called to do something. And I think we're afraid of that calling. Let me just read to you just one person's experience. Um, she, this young lady says, Fulani extremists stormed into her village on long saddle motorcycles, three to a bike shouting, Aloha Akbar. They torched houses and killed her four children before her eyes. When her turn came and they noticed she was pregnant, a discussion ensued. Some didn't want to see her belly slit, so they compromised by cutting up and amputating her left arm with a machete. She speaks quickly and emotionlessly, staring into space as if she lost her face along with her arm. The village chief translating for her chokes up, tears stream down his cheeks when she finishes her account. And that's just one example of the horrific uh, attacks that are going on by this Fulani, and the Fulani is just an Islamic extreme group in Nigeria. Yeah. Associated with Boko Haram, which is mm -hmm. also in Southeast Asia, mm -hmm. they, they expand out that way. The continent of Africa has been smoldering for generations. Uh, just in the, the teens, 2000 teens, um, the Sudan was the front for the attack on Christianity. And they were hundreds of thousands that were slain uh, by Muslim uh, vigilance. And this, uh, Nigeria is the new front, just the mm -hmm. new front of the same war that's going on. And you almost look at Africa and the corruption and the just the squalor that they have maintained in that continent and just shake your head what what's you know they they refer to Africa as the dark continent because there's just a dark spiritual pall over the whole continent and uh, even atheists are coming around and saying hey Africa Africa needs Christianity or Ga Africa needs God this is a article that I looked up there, there's a couple of noted atheists who've recently said this, that Africa has no other hope but Christianity makes a foothold in Africa. This, this is a, his last name is Paris, and he's an atheist. He says, now, I, now a confirmed atheist, I've become convinced of the enormous contribution that Christian evangelism makes in Africa, sharply distinct from the work of secular NGOs, government projects, and international aid efforts. These alone will not do. Education and training alone will not do. In Africa, Christianity changes people's hearts. It brings a spiritual transformation. The rebirth is real. The change is good. Of course, you know we're, we would say that Jesus is the answer, but even secular people, people who don't believe in God, see the difference that's made in a village when a missionary goes in and hearts start to change and people start to look to God for their sustenance instead of trying to hack each other to pieces to get something from them. So... If nothing else, we need to be more aware of it and, and pray for it. Find a missionary or something that, that's in Africa now and start praying for them and even think about supporting them, I guess is the best way. No doubt. We, we had a, a, an extremely successful uh, mission point in Ghana. I don't know. I, th I think we still have boots on the ground there. But uh, my dorm daddy, uh, John, 
John Lindsay. John Lindsay uh, and his wife went, and they just did tremendous work. I, tens of thousands of people came to Christ as a result of their work. And, and I asked him one time, I said, how come this is not more ballyhooed in, in the such here in America? And he said, Ben, do you not understand bigotry and racism? <laughs> I said, well, yeah. And he said, they're all black, Ben. They're all black. And I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. And he said, Hi, I know, I know, but you asked. <laughs> but if it had been, so you're saying if it had gone in, in Europe, yeah, we'd if, hear if it about had been it. white people getting saved. And isn't it's that shame. terrible? It's I mean, shame. I mean, it is terrible. But I mean, we're, we're talking about a BMA, and it, it don't matter, okay? A Christian missionary seeing tens of thousands of people coming to Christ, and it was just a, oh, yeah, that's nice. Well, and that's the well, same with saying like thousand dying. Exactly. Right. That's like thousands of people are getting right. slaughtered and you don't see that on the local right. news. That doesn't come across on the news feed. Right. I, and well, and, and so let's talk about that, because I think you were the first one to bring it up, Tom. Why is that? OK, some of it, I think, is because of our lethargy as a Christian people. But, but I think also some of it is that. Uh, our upper higher elites of the liberal establishment that, let's face it, is running our country right now, they can't afford to see uh, a, a African nation and any kind of empathy light towards Christians being persecuted because they plan to do the same thing to us. Hmm. They are going to shut us up someday about abortion, about quote-unquote gay rights and all that. So if they bring light to these poor people, all that's going to do is, is well, what, what do we have to do to keep that from happening here in America? Well, yeah. they don't want that out there, in hmm. my humble opinion. So that gives Anything us all the more Christ. reason to, to bally Amen. it. Amen. Anything but Christ right. is the media's unspoken rule. Right. Anything but Christ. We can say anything about anything but Christ. Speaking of that, I did not send this article to you guys, but did any of you see the Fox News? Because, you know, they have all these shows and one of the particular shows may have been outnumbered or something, they allowed Franklin Graham about five minutes to just strictly share the gospel. Wow. Hmm. Fox yeah. did? Fox. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Brian Kilmeade, uh, Mrs. Ansley, I want to say, and then the guy that's all tatted up. He's a real, he, he was a veteran, and he's real, you know, Buff. he looks like he could yeah. go back into Afghanistan type thing. And those three folks, they're, they're seen every day. Uh, they let Franklin Gray, because they asked the question, something along these lines. Why are more people in America not going to church? You know, because you, you look and they're doing all these polls about, you know, the millennials aren't going to church. The, you know, the middle-aged people are starting to quit going to church. And they just, they just love that. You know, mm -hmm. they do. But so they asked the question to Franklin. And, and, and Franklin said, because America does not value Christ anymore. Right. Look at look at what we've done in public school. Look at what we've done in our colleges. Look at what we've done in our abortion clinics. Look at what we've done, you know, with the LGBTQ. We we don't care, and and so he he shared the gospel, and and I I was just sitting there going, so there's still hope, there's still hope because Amen. even though you know there is nothing perfect about any media outlet, much less any person on this planet, but it is still comforting to know that at least one will let someone unabated, uh, you know, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, yeah, Franklin. Can't say Jesus. Yeah. Can't say Jesus. So can't pray in the name of Jesus. So then when we asked, and Gavin shared part of it, what can we do? Here we are, middle of America, 
these people are a globe away in a place we can't imagine, a lifestyle we can't imagine, and persecution we really can't imagine. Really on no level. No. We, no. we can't relate oh. to anything they go through on a daily basis. So you said the Sudan, how there was so much persecution in Sudan, and those, um, w I got the opportunity to meet some Sudan refugees in college. So Lincoln, Nebraska, believe it or not, was like one of the number five refugee centers in the nation when right. I was in college. And we had all these um, Sudanese, <laughs> something Kidding. Kidding. So we had all these um, Sudan women that had come as refuge, um, refugees. And uh, in one of my community health classes, I got to meet one of the women and she had a baby and we did like well checks on the baby and what can we do to help you? And it was community nursing. I was just you know, like so young and naive and just no idea. And um, she's telling me what her day is like. And she drove, she gets up at you know 5 a.m. She drives an hour to another town to work in this factory. She works for 12 hours. She drives an hour back. She had this really small, just shanty of an apartment and you know not really any furniture and just like barely you know what we would consider scraping by and um i can remember saying to my instructor like oh gosh she's got this baby and she drives two hours a day and she's working these crazy shifts and she's got just nothing in her apartment and i just feel so bad for her and i go she seems so happy and the instructor said this is the safest best environment she's ever had she had to flee seven years to get out of Africa, to get to Lincoln, Nebraska. And that little tiny, what you consider a, a nasty apartment is the nicest thing she's ever had. Her baby is the safest a child can be. And we just don't get it. We don't get it. And uh, with the poverty and the, the just what they people have had to endure, it, it was just mind-blowing to me when she described yes. what these refugees yeah. experienced. Um, and they just want to work. They right. just wanted to work and Free, raise their family their life, safely. Yeah. yeah. Amen. And I, one of these days I'm going to put this all on paper, but the same thing's happening in Hong Kong. The same thing's happening in Iran. We're hearing now that right. people oh, yeah. want to be like Free. America, the That's idea right. of America, not Americans, heaven help us. They don't want to be no. Americans or no, like they Americans. Don't need to be, but they just want freedom. the ideal of, of America. And, and you have and to look for it right now. To get here. Iran is on the top of the list. But they're having protests against the government right now. Mm -hmm. And they said this is the closest Iran's ever been to a regime change. But it's the people saying, we don't like you either. Yeah. You know, so always see the videos, death to America, sure. death to America. Yeah. Uh, the, but the they understand the problems in Tehran, not in Washington, yeah. Well, Hong Kong the same way. You see the people in Hong, Hong Kong wave, waving American flags. And, yeah. and somebody showed a video this week of Iranians walking around American flag laying on the ground. They wouldn't step on it. They were right. walking around it out of respect. So it's the idea of America. And heaven help us if we ever forget our founding was in the idea of freedom under God. Uh, so having a moral basis for our freedom. Right. If we ever forget that, if we ever right. lose God, we lose the endowments of freedom, right. li life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those are endowments from God that we, we lose if we throw God out. Th think about what would happen, just name a city in America, if someone took a video of one of our missiles taking out an airliner. What would happen in America? You know what happened in Tehran? Regime change. The guy that took the video got arrested. <laughs> yeah, got and a, you might not ever see him too. again. You don't yeah. know. Probably won't. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's amazing that you even heard that he got arrested. And it's only because of the digital age. We can right. see that video because well, it went out. Because the real guy that funny. did it said 
you got the wrong guy because he had already gotten extradited out of the country. Right. You know, at least that's what I read today, and who, who knows what's accurate. But th that's the difference between freedom-loving country and, and a not-so-freedom-loving country. And things would change in America. Somebody would be oh, in dude. prison or yeah. out of let's office hope. because of the... And, yeah. and let's face it, there are some amazingly unfair things happening in our country right now, but it hasn't gotten to the point that they're taking out airlines with drones. So the answer is like what Gavin had said is pray. Yeah. Pray for these. Pray for our country for sure. Um, but pray for, pray for these people being persecuted. These Christians in Nigeria. I mean, it seems like it's so far away, and it is. Yeah. But that doesn't I mean educate, that. Educate though. Yeah. Educate ourselves and, and and then absolutely pray. The uh, uh, go ahead. Well, the, find an organization that sends Bibles. I, I'm a believer in sending God's word. Uh, a head of even prayer or a missionary. Um, the other thing that they're asking for, it, believe it or not, in, in Iran, I guess in Africa, that would be the same thing, are Wi-Fi and hotspots mm -hmm. to maintain the communication mm -hmm. for just such uh, circumstances. Um, material support goes so far in Africa. Just a little bit of money goes a long way in Africa. Absolutely. So if you can find an organization, um, Samaritan's Purse, I can't recommend that enough, and he will... Uh, Franklin Graham, that's his organization. He will send out emails and uh, Facebook messages about praying for a given in, in the, in the, I'm sorry, a given country or uh, organization in a given country, um, and how you can support them and help them financially. Twenty bucks goes a long way. So. All right. Um, so our third and final topic tonight, and I kind of have to apologize because we usually keep one topic really light, and it just yeah, all these are bummers. It did not happen <laughs> this week, but come back next week. We're doing the Lord's Prayer. There um, you go. If not, if not one week, maybe even two on that. I haven't decided yet. Um, but but and then we're gonna definitely lighten it up. But had Ben had sent out a, an article, and it was good. Um, and ironically, it came up at work today of all days, and I was like, oh, I have a little bit of an answer to this. <laughs> um, but we're, And again, we won't read through the entire article, but the headline speaks for itself. Um, and it just says right here, why are volcanoes all over the globe suddenly shooting giant clouds of ash miles into the air? Um, and, you know, just today at work, and, and I work with people that, you know, they're, you know, they believe in Jesus. Their day-to-day -day faith is... Uh, uh, well, not a Franklin Graham, though I'm not either. Just, just saying, like, you know, spiritual things aren't in the top ten list a lot of the times. And uh, somebody said, what's up with this? There's, like, all these earthquakes and, like, volcanoes are erupting and Australia's on fire and we're about to go to World War Three and, you know, all of these things. And they're like, what is going on? Um, in this article, it talks about how um, worldwide in Puerto Rico, well, we'll just start in Puerto Rico, there's been like a thousand earthquakes, earthquakes um, in the last couple weeks. Yeah, which and there's always earthquakes. It's not that that's a new thing. the The Earth has earthquakes, and and we don't always know about them. Some happen in the ocean, and some ha you know we just doesn't really make a, a headline news. But so now we are also having these volcanoes erupt. So um, in the last seven days, from when this article posted, uh, one of the major volcanoes in Alaska shot 25,000 feet of, of hot ash into the air. 
Um, and then in Mexico, in a town that's about 40 miles south of Mexico City, it shot uh, ash four miles into the air. That would be impressive. Four miles. In the last seven days. Yes. I mean, we're, we're talking about in a week's time. Mm. Uh, and then also, and then it says. And the one in the Philippines. The Philippines. Well, in Peru, in South America, in Peru, it also shot ash 24,000 feet into the air, which, again, I cannot even imagine. Um, and then now, of course, in the Philippines, the volcano, uh, it said, roared to life, and it is being reported that the eruption sent steam, ash, and pebbles up to six to nine miles into the air. Um, and so it just kind of poses a question. Um, and the girl, even at work, said, you know, I don't know anything about what the Bible says, but it seems to me, isn't this the stuff they say about, like, the end of time? And I was like, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> interesting. I had a verse ready just because we were doing this. But um, what are your thoughts? And age-old question, end of times. I can remember being, like, six or seven, and it just terrified me. And I was like, Mom, is, is the world coming to an end? And she goes, Tara, people have been talking about that since I was a kid. And to me, my mom seemed like 200 years old when I was six. So I was like, well, if that happened when I mom was, was a kid no worries. and yeah, people yeah. were talking about it, Flag then, I one, mean, Brad. surely it's, you know, I don't have to worry about that. Now as an adult, I'm like, if this is the end of times, bring it on. Let's just do this. Let's, let's get on get up out of here. But what are your thoughts when you see articles like this and read headline news? Did well, you, go ahead. Did you hear that the, there's more... Uh, seismic activity in Yellowstone Park than has been noted in the last several decades, too. I don't know. Just to it's add everywhere. to the in intensity it, it, it's, of it. It's everywhere. Man, it's should I scratch Yellowstone for my places to visit list right, for probably. 2020? Go so now or forget about it. <laughs> Matthew 26, 6 through 14 says this. Uh, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for these things must needs come to pass. But the end is not yet. So wars and rumors of wars is a sign, but we're, we're okay type thing. But then he goes to list other signs. For nation shall rise against nation. That sound familiar? Kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines. We've got that. Earthquakes in divers places. That word divers means many. We've got that. But all these things are the beginning of travail. Then shall they deliver you up unto tribulation. This is another sign. And shall kill you. Ye shall be hated of all the nations for my name's sake, Jesus is saying. Then, here's another sign, shall many stumble. I think we're seeing that. And shall deliver up one another. And shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise. I think we're seeing that. Shall lead many astray. And because iniquity shall be multiplied, now think about that. I I made it my practice about three to four years ago, every morning and about four times a day. I go to the Blaze, Fox, and Drudge. I'm telling you, I just about have to pray every time after I go through that. Some mom has killed all four of her kids. Some dad has whacked his whole family. Some boss has killed his workers. Some workers killed his employee. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable. I, I've never seen it like this. Well, and, and you're reading from the King James Version. Yes. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And my, in verse 12 says, and because lawlessness will abound. There you go. Which, the love of many shall wax cold. 
but he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a testimony unto all the nations, and then shall the end come. Now, let me say this, that, that there are a lot... Is it, are we out of time? No, we're good. There are a lot of folks that argue about where does this fit in the end times. I, I could care less. It fits in the end times to some level. Okay, whether it is preaching pre-trib, I, I, I don't really care to get into that argument. I believe it's clear, however, that this is at least an overview of what's going to happen before Jesus comes. And whether we're seven years out, 20 years out, two weeks out, I, I don't know. But I know that the signs are increasing. That's what I know. And, you know, that doesn't scare me. No. It really, and you know, I can, comparing back to when I was a teenager or a smaller kid or a young adult, like, oh, that was like a terrifying thought. Like, we could be in the end of days. But now, middle age, turning 40. <laughs> it's looking pretty good. Maybe it's just my spiritual life is stronger than it's been in the past. But that doesn't scare me. I, it makes me more excited than it makes me um, fearful. Amen. Well, I agree with all those things. I do think part of it is our 24-hour news cycle. Sure. We were having volcanoes and earthquakes 100 years ago. We just didn't know about them. That was the question I thought. Is it right. just that we know more than we've ever known? Well, okay. In the sense of something can happen yes around no. the globe well, that we this kind of We've been about. keeping statistics for quite a while now. True. But also, you know, this is where I get real timid, though, for the people saying, it's the end of times, and they're putting on their sandwich boards and marching through the streets like the old Ghostbusters movie. You know, the Bible says in Matthew 24, 36, but concerning the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, right. the Father only. So is that not saying that Jesus don't even know the end of the world, only the Father? I've always wondered that. Yeah. So who am I to say, the we're in the end of times. Yeah. It says The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelleth within our Lord. So I would say God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit all knows the end time. With that said, I, I, I absolutely agree that we should not be stating a day and a time. Right. But he did, he did let us know the signs so that we could prepare. And True. we ought to live like it's today. Right. True, That's and he right. teaches yeah. us not to yeah. count the number of our right. days. We've, we have been in the end of times since the fall of man. Exactly. And well, Paul preached it. Paul <laughs> preached that he was in the end times. My great-grandfather, circuit rider preacher, preached that we were in the end of times. My dad preached that we were in the end of times. So right. we're in the end of times. Right. Uh, but no, nobody knows the day or time. But, I mean, you know, if you knew that your car was going to quit working on such and so date, you would probably start researching new cars. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, and I agree. I, I, and I'm not disagreeing. I'm sure. saying a lot of people will hang their hat on prophecy. Sure. But God is commanding us right now to get on the street and souls. And, and that's it. And for me, that, that is the argument. For me, because it's so obvious that this earth is travailing, we need to be passionate about sharing the gospel and such the last thing i'll say but the piggyback off you said why i'm not worried is in colossians 1 of 15 he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation for by him all things were created in heaven and earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him and this is it on 17 and he is before all things and in him all things hold together so 
like you said. I'm not worried no because, like you said, the people, the world's burning down. If God ain't done with this world, it ain't burning down. Right. And if he is done with it, cool. You're my God. Let's go. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, kind of this conversation, again, today at work, and it didn't shape out that I could just get one-on-one with this person to talk to them, but she said, well, if it's if it is the end of times, I mean, I don't know. I guess I've been a pretty good person, and there's people worse than me out there. So, I mean, I guess. And she said, I don't know that I'm bound for hell, but I'm probably going to purgatory. Like, you know, it was just kind of a. Well, I mean, well. but it could lead into good discussion about like, oh so goodness. what do you think is going to happen um, when all this earth comes to an end? Where where do you think what happens to us? Where where are you bound for? Absolutely. And. And, uh, you know, and I wanted to say, and it just, uh, the timing was not great, but, you know, I, I wanted to say God's not comparing us to people in prison. He's comparing us to, to Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> so he, he is the, so uh, all of us have failed. Not right. one of us makes that cut. Uh, Ray Comfort talks about that, that 100 yards away, a sheep on a hillside looks glistening white. But when you get within five feet of that sheep, He's you can smell it. <laughs> yeah, he's nasty. And so it's all about the comparison. Yeah, and, they're more of a greenish yellow. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. And our, our world, our world wants flies. to compare themselves to the worst in the world. Mm-hmm. Compared to him or her, I'm good. God doesn't do that. He puts you on the scale on one side, and he puts Jesus, his son, on the other side. And none of us are going to win that. And that's why the cross of Christ is, is so important. Um I would say that that's a, a lunch date that you and this young we lady do. And I, I wanted and to say God set an appointment. I know, and I knew it too. Whenever she said it, I was like, and I'm the one. This is why <laughs> I, I have it. stuck it out this long. And about this. that thing you were saying <laughs> the other day. It, and it's hard when it's at work. Sure because I had I stopped when and asked a guy how he was doing one day, and he said, I'm probably going to kill myself. And you're like, oh. oh shut the door. I hope yeah. I don't get fired. Here goes 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah, you know. Amen. So, Amen. Yeah. So end time challenge was Matthew twenty four twelve, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. That's the challenge. Don't let your love grow cold. Don't don't let what other people have done to hurt you or to hurt other people put a wet cloth on your fire. The the he says the, those who are lukewarm, I will vomit out of my mouth. Right. Yeah, I, keep that. How many love stoked? How many people are not going to church because they got hurt at church? Right. Amen. It's a lot of folks, you know. And, and that's exactly what you're saying, that they've allowed their love to grow cold because of the hurt. And, and I, I think that we should validate that. We should be sympathetic to that. But don't stop, you know. There's other churches out there, <laughs> you know. And, and, of course, you, you need to have the conversation about forgiveness and, and bitterness and things of that nature. Deliverance uh, from those things. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But, man, don't get on the sidelines. Don't get on the sidelines. Just think of so many people that have been hurt or gone through a terrible relationship and... That's where they're at. They're right. sitting in front of a TV. They're on the side. My, my life is done. Basically. And again, sadly, though, that's why we can't understand Ghana. <clears throat> you right. know, those, those people sure. would die for it. Uh, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. 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 Larry? Right. Do some time out in Pergamon. Right. Well, and, and so that, that's a very good, you know, point and, and subject, if you will, uh, that 
and, and I think that's extremely important for folks that, that don't agree with that, if you will, to, to have that luncheon or whatever, so, and just ask for permission. You know, like in my situation, if I was dealing with a person that have, was raised in Catholicism, I'd take them out to eat, and we'd sit down, and I'd say, I just need to ask permission to talk about some things that, that may offend you and such. But if you'll give me permission, that way we'll both know that I'm not trying to do that. I just need to be able to get to brass tacks. And if he or she gives me permission, then you just go for it. You know, and this is what I tell anybody anymore um, is that I was raised Baptist. I don't have a clue as to what you believe, what you know. So you you got to tell me. I know what I've been told, but I don't right. know if I've been told that by somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about. Right. You know, so I want to give you the absolute, you know, opportunity to represent where you come from. And then let's let's build from there. You know, I kind of end around that. I'm sorry, Thomas. Oh, no. uh, I, I just say I don't don't care where you go to church. I, that, that's not entirely true, but I usually say I don't care where you go to church, how you worship, what what you've been taught. One thing I know that everybody has to have to go to heaven is a relationship with Jesus yep. Christ. Amen. Do you have that? And and you just I'll piggyback off of you. One of my best friends is a Catholic deacon. We've had some spirited debates, and he actually taught me some things sure. and one day we were kind of we were talking about mary and purgatory and he said tom he said we don't oh how did oh i i just lost but we talked jesus is the one and only way to heaven sure. oh he said he said we don't disagree he said we just believe a little differently and as long as the main thing is the main thing that jesus christ is the one and only way to heaven we got to be careful because all the other things are traps of the devil so me and him can start fighting when sure. we could be praising jesus sure does it matter if they go to purgatory? I don't care if they believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah. We can they, still have They're going to have a rude awakening in the presence of Christ when they, after they die. Sure. And yeah, you <laughs> to know, be absent so from the body to be present. I'm not discounting. Right, right. This is what the Bible, this Bible says. Now they have more books than we got. Sure. You know, so sure. it's the same thing. You know, they only know what they've been taught, and right. we'd be a good if witness to them. they have a relationship them. with Jesus yeah. Christ, everything else is going to shake out. Amen. Amen. Well, and, you know, I've shared before that, that one of my struggles in that area was hearing my BMA preacher daddy say that, uh, you know, he would name them. <laughs> this denomination's wrong, this denomination's wrong, this mm. denomination's wrong. And then he would say, but all, there's going to be saved folks from all denominations in heaven. And that never jived with me. You know, I'm like, no, wait a minute. Right. If they're wrong, they're wrong. You know, so how, how can you say that? And uh, it wasn't too long into my preaching career that the Holy Spirit said, uh, in response to that question, Billy Graham. Billy Graham would go to a city, he would invite all faiths, every one of them. And he would make them leaders, and he would make them counselors. But before any person could be a counselor in his, if you will, uh, Rallies or rally, they had to come to an understanding of a proper relationship with Christ. The, a lot of them would get saved during that counseling, and then they would go counsel other people that come forward. And so you had Catholics receiving Christ, you had Baptists receiving Christ, you had Episcopals receiving Christ, and then they would, they would receive Christ as a result of true biblical teaching, Amen. and then they would go back to their church, irregardless of what that church was teaching, and they'd be a saved individual. 
Uh, I've, you can I've be wrong about a lot of things, yeah. but oh, you can't yeah. be wrong and, about that. And, right. and Paul says to the Corinthians, you know, when you're trying, you're not going to be all things to all. He wants you to be, but you're not going to go sit at a bar and take a shot. Right. But if you're trying to catch different people, you got to use different lures. Right. And if you just say you're all wrong, I'm right, you're going to hurt the case for yeah. Christ, then yeah. win it. So you, you had to say that about the, you're not going to go to the bar and take a shot. So uh, Betty Carroll was at the office today, and we were talking about, we all went to Stam, Sam's Steakhouse last night, meet the Kingston Five, and celebrated Dawn's 50th birthday today. And uh, Betty just jokingly said, do you go that far out of town so nobody will see if you drink? <laughs> <laughs> and I should have, I wish I could have. Oh, well, are you, are you telling me your angle, Betty? <laughs> is that a, well, is you, that a tip? <laughs> you went to Jamaica, what that's do you right, say? That? Right. So it was fun. Oh, hey, man. Well, we'll close on that. Um, just a little <laughs> shameless plug if you don't have anything going on February 21st. It's a Friday night and the church is having its annual uh, couples night, but you don't have to be a couple. You can come individually. Um, it's Hee Haw and it's 12.50 a person. Always, always a good time. So, um, What's the date on that? It's February 21st. It's a Friday night. Um, you'll hear details and see it in the bulletin, but just kind of mark your calendar and plan to attend. And if you've got friends that uh, have intimated that they would like to check out a church this is a wonderful event to bring them to for them to see us, us have a good time and yeah if you think baptists are just stuck up yeah, with their nose in the air this is not that event I know. <laughs> i'm pretty curious to see what tom shows up in so there you go i feel like you're not gonna have to try that hard to come up i've already done it once and my wife said you don't look funny you look stupid <laughs> I said, no, I look also great. then you nailed it <laughs> not this saturday but next saturday is our Grand Prix. Oh, the Grand Prix. Yeah. So um, that is going to be January 25th. It's a Saturday. That starts, I believe, at 11, 1030, 11. Don't quote me. 11. Thank you. Um, that's at Friendship Church. Uh, always a great meal and entertainment this yes. year. So um, even if you don't have a kid or a car in the race, um, come, come check it out. It support, is a good time. Please. Man. All right. See you next week, guys. Thanks, everybody.